Welcome back to Orion Talents from the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. I typically receive the most feedback on our interview preparation shows, so today we're giving you another one. This episode will focus on some of the frequently asked interview questions for technical and engineering roles. Our guest today is Shane Bishop, Senior Account Executive at Orion. Shane's own technical background in the Navy, as well as his many years of experience with interview preparation, make him an expert on this topic. This podcast is now available on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. So if you enjoy listening, make sure you subscribe and share with a friend. While you're there, we'd love to get your feedback, so make sure you give us a rating as well. If you have any questions about this interview or topics for a future podcasts, please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Hey, Shane, welcome to the show today. Thank you. Before we get started, I just want you to get us give us a quick intro on your background. So your military experience and now your career with Orion. Sure. Um, I am a, um, an ocean engineer, a graduate of the Naval Academy. Um, and then uh, right out of the Naval Academy, I um, studied to be a, uh, our nuclear engineering to be a submarine officer. So I was a, uh, a submarine officer for seven and a half years. Um, and then at the end of my uh, Navy career, I also did some engineering and recruiting for the Navy for about two and a half years here in Cincinnati. So, um, and then I came to Orion in uh, 1999, so I've been here 17 years. And uh, yeah, that's my background. So in, with Orion, you're an account executive, just so that Correct. everybody yeah. knows. Okay, so as an account executive, you do a lot of interview preparation. So this is in keeping with the podcast that we've had previously about interview preparation. So you are going to now help us, based on your background, how we can prepare candidates for a more um, technical-focused interview. So I've got a couple of questions for you that we'll run through, and you can give us your take on them and kind of just tell us how you would prepare candidates, because I know that's something that you do pretty regularly at the um, Orion conferences. So um, the first question that I want to ask you is that we would get for a frequently asked interview question is why are you interested in an engineering role? Okay. Um, this first question is just a general overview, I think, of, uh, uh, you know, asking engineering candidates, obviously, why they want to pursue um, an engineering role, usually because they've been out of engineering for a period of years um, serving in the military as an officer or as a technician. Um, so and I, I think that the obvious answer for that is usually somebody talking about uh, just the fact that they studied um, engineering for a reason because they like science and math and looking for opportunities to get back into um, something more technical because that's where they're comfortable. And, uh, that would be my general approach for that question because I think that that's the obvious question for candidates that have engineering mm -hmm. degrees. So. Mm -hmm. so the next one would be what technical and engineering experience do you have? Okay, um, so I would always talk about these kinds of questions with this idea of equipment processes and people. Um, you know, recommending that um, the candidate talk about their background in terms of um, what types of equipment that they or that their uh, folks were responsible for. Uh, I wouldn't get too too much into the weeds, but I think it's in, you know uh, good to talk 
about big picture systems and um, that will help I think the interviewer get a better feel for just how technical the role that they were responsible for you know whether that be um, a system on board a ship or whether that be um, weapon systems or whether that be uh, vehicles those kinds of things uh, I would I would go into a little bit of depth of how many and just uh, you know talk a little bit about the equipment without getting too detailed um, then certainly processes what they were responsible for uh, processes for um, improvement processes that they had gone through uh, whether that be projects or whether that be some upgrade um, those are kinds of things that they could talk about in general and then certainly the people part I think this is what distinguishes most military engineers from civilian engineers and that is that at a young age they're not only have a core engineering background uh, but that they're uh, or that they have the leadership piece that most engineers just don't get at an early age so they can talk certainly about leading technicians or you know leading sailors leading soldiers um, and talk a little bit about numbers and kind of just the depth of the experience of coaching and developing and mentoring people on their teams yeah and i think one thing that you said that stands out a lot and i know it'll probably be a recurring theme throughout this podcast is the equipment processes and people and i think that's really important because um, with a lot of the other things that we talk about with interviewing, like we talked about in a previous podcast, the star format when answering questions, um, anything that you can kind of go into an interview with and have that in the back of your mind to just help guide all of your answers, I think is key. Right. I agree. So the next question would be, how did you apply your technical skill set in your last position? So I know a lot of times, um, you know, especially with the engineering roles, um, if you don't necessarily have a lot of hands-on technical experience and more of it's schooling, it can be a difficult question to answer, but what advice would you have for this one? Yeah, um, especially if they followed up the previous question um, with one like this, I would definitely go into uh, a specific example. Um, you know, equipment process of people is a good general overall um, ideology of kind of how to, how to answer this question, but I would try to get very specific about a project, um, specifically an upgrade or a process improvement piece or a project improvement piece and talk about that from beginning to end and how they were responsible for leading their team or and from, you know, idea to implementation to how the process or the project kind of ended at the end. So. That's what I would focus on specifically, mm -hmm. uh, something like that. Okay, and do you, th I mean, would you recommend then just highlighting some of the special technical qualifications? Because I know, um, you know, that kind of, this question is related. If they ask what special technical qualifications yep. you possess, kind of goes into what you just talked about, but anything else you can share for that question? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, uh, usually engineers um, have uh, people don't come and become an engineer uh, just on a whim, right? They, you know, they have a passion for things of science and of math, and that mm -hmm. usually they've had strong backgrounds in that in high school or even before then. So, um, you know, whether if you grew, grew up on a farm or uh, you know had some experiences with skills that you can do hands-on, um, I think that those things are applicable. Um, I would focus though those questions um, specifically on leadership if I could. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's what distinguishes a military engineer, again, from a civilian engineer, is that we bring 
um, you know, a depth of leadership that, that usually takes a long time for a civilian engineer to get, you know, uh, the experience uh, to compete, right? I mean, I think our military engineers, most of them uh, haven't been doing engineering work or real engineering work for four or five or six years because they're leading mm-hmm. troops and sailors. And yet um, they've been in technical environments. They can talk about process improvements, but it's the people piece that distinguishes our candidates um, from civilians. And I think that we have to understand as we prep candidates that they have to know that they're competing against somebody, usually with less leadership and maybe more applicable engineering work. So um, I would recommend that they focus on their strengths and talk about what distinguishes them uh, by talking about leadership. So one thing that you've mentioned a couple of times is just the idea of maybe, um, you know, JMO candidates that are interviewing for an engineering position, maybe feeling a little bit out of practice since um, most of their, you know, knowledge of the engineering principles have been just things that they've learned in school. So one of the things that we've done throughout this series of of podcasts with the frequently asked interview questions is talking about things that candidates should avoid when answering some of these specific questions. So when you think of all the questions that we've just talked through, um, and just really in general, when a candidate's interviewing for a position like this, is there anything that you would tell them to stay away from, whether it's because they don't want to, you know, highlight that gap um, in being out of practice or really just anything else? Or is there anything you can share with us on what they should avoid? Well, I think the most important thing is avoid um, in your own mind that that gap is a problem, you know. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think most of our engineers, you know, find themselves not interviewing for very detailed um, and specific design roles. Um, so usually I think the gap is easy to talk about um, because our guys bring, you know, our guys and gals that have engineering backgrounds have experiences that are relevant um when we can talk in terms of engineering in terms of equipment processes and people um the gap becomes to be less about how long has it been since i've done solidworks and how long has it been since i've you know done something on cad and and much more about problem solving about um developing people and, and about helping others um uh, work through change as a part of improving a process or a project. So I think that's okay. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think that uh, our guys need to, in their own minds, think that they're not as qualified as somebody that's been doing engineering for the past five years. Mm-hmm. That's the key. I think as long as you understand that as the candidate, that I'm competitive because I bring something different to the table, that, you know, I think that'll come through in the interview and you'll be okay. Yeah, so maybe highlighting some of those differences, like the leadership that you just touched yeah. on. And yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so anything else? Because I know, like I said before, that you've done lots of preparation for things like this. So anything else, any kind of advice that you would have for a candidate in this position? Yeah, I think um, one thought, and this is specifically for, you know, maybe JMO candidates, but, you know, I think that there's more and more of a desire by industry um, for engineers that also have hands-on skill. Um, so I would definitely highlight those areas um, of hands-on experiences that you have because um, a lot of the jobs that we see anymore um, are not just 
desk work, right? I mean, it is very much systems uh, related. A lot of times it's equipment focused stuff. Um, and, you know, even if you haven't done a lot of the maintenance or hands-on work on your equipment specifically, I would talk in terms of, uh, you know, those projects and processes that you were leading um, so that the hands-on piece becomes a little more relevant. So, you know, if you have the hands-on opportunities or if you have some skills outside of work, you know, being a car enthusiast, somebody that works on uh, farm equipment or anything like that, I would highlight that because I think that that takes, you know, a... Uh, an engineer to a different level with having some hands-on experience. So if you've got those experiences, I would definitely talk about them. Okay, so I think some key takeaways, just things that we would want to highlight are definitely the leadership experience that you gained in the military that would set you apart from um, maybe a civilian that was also interviewing for an engineering role. The hands-on experience that's always going to be crucial, whether it's on the job or even a hobby like you just mentioned and then going back to the equipment processes and people to just help guide your answers through all of these correct um and and these questions can sometimes seem um not very behavioral based i would still on almost all of these try to talk about you know a specific give a specific example you know um and usually i would stay away from examples about process and more about people so I would think about specific technicians, specific you know soldiers or sailors, and I would talk about those times when you know you made a difference with those mm-hmm. guys or those gals, and I think that will probably highlight your leadership better than anything else. Okay, great. Thanks, Shane. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. Thanks for listening to the From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. We're taking a break for the holidays and we'll return with a new episode on January 8th to help you jumpstart your career in 2018. Make sure you've subscribed on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud so that you don't miss it. We hope you have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year.